Aw, oh, shit. I'm lagging balls. That's right, lagging balls. Your community-focused World of Warcraft podcast. For the people, by some people. With your hosts, Thorn and Fist. Hello, ballers. Here we are at the end of and the start of another week. Wow. How profound. Happy love is in the air. Thank you. To you as well. Um, I wasn't talking to you. Well, what do you, what do you mean? I was talking to them. Oh, okay. But how am I supposed to know that? Well, because I'm not even looking at you when I'm talking. Yeah, but you're not looking at me right now either. That's because I have to talk into the microphone. Okay, so tell me again how I'm supposed to know when you're not talking to me. I'm not talking to you. Actually, I think you just did. No, I mean, I'm not talking to you anymore. At all. Oh. Yeah. Fine. I'm not talking to you either. Good. Well, this will make for a great podcast then. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, ballers, this week we have an exciting interview with Mudslide, <gasps> co-founder of Gale Force Esports and team captain of Gengar Gang, an HGC hopeful and up-and-coming new hotness of the Heroes of Storm gameplay. But first, what we did this week in other news. Yeah, what did we do this week? What did you do this week? I don't Fist? know. What did you do I this week, I don't know. Fist? I don't know. You don't know? That sounds like a me answer. I can't remember what I did 10 minutes ago. Um, I do know, though. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, so it is lows in the air. It is my favorite WoW holiday ever. Everything is so pretty. And um, <laughs> that's so cute. I've been uh, trying to get that elusive love rocket. And I know that we all strive so hard to get that love rocket. Of course. Um, We're big. always after it's, the love rocket. It's pink. It's hard to get sometimes seems sometimes some, some people are just so blessed to have big love rocket in their lives and so many of us don't and we just strive to to get it and we put so much time and effort into getting a love an rocket yes an expense um and sometimes it just doesn't happen and it, it sucks you know um around valentine's day when you don't have a love rocket and you try so hard to get it and you know, you get so far. It's just another year with no love rocket. <laughs> uh, I feel like we're talking about the same thing, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Love rocket. Right. Yeah, but. But this year, um, <laughs> you can try on all of your tunes as long as they're level 16 or higher. So I've been That's trying. Cool. Yeah, and it takes quite a bit of time every day. Um, I've got one healer two tanks and the rest are dps so i mean the 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 queue time hasn't been that brutal thankfully yeah because everybody is trying really really hard on all of their tunes and stuff but and i've got i still got um loading screen sickness so i have to oh, factor God, that every in. time yeah it just takes a really long time so no luck yet but um have been farming the love tokens as well because uh this year there's an item that you can get for 270 tokens and it's called the love boat. The love boat. Exactly. And it's da, da, da. a toy. And it's really cool. It's actually a really, really cool, unique item. It's a boat. Um, it's pink. It's It comes with its own, like, gondola. That's adorable. Boat dude in the boat. Uh, it's got love seats. It's got love hearts hanging off of it. Um, it's a two-seater. So, okay. Okay, now I want that. Yeah. So You uh, sold me. I'm not even done. There's more features to the love boat. Yeah. Um, It's two-seater. It's fully controllable. It moves really slowly. Um, So, you know. It was a gondola. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, the person who summoned it, if that person jumps out of the vehicle, it will disappear. Otherwise, it lasts forever. So I'm thinking, wow. you know, there's a lot of RP opportunity. Um, wow. And uh, it requires deep water underneath it. So you you try to summon it into uh, a puddle or something, it's not going to work. But uh, okay. and I think there's like an hour cooldown on it. Um, so it's just a really unique, cool two-seater. I, I wouldn't call it a mount, but it's kind of almost a mount. And I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things in WoW that's like unique and eye-catching and, and cool to have. So What a fun idea. I know. So I've been farming uh, the love tokens. And of course, you get the love tokens by farming lovely charms, which drop from uh, mobs that are uh, within uh, your difficulty level. If that makes sense. I don't think I'm running that quickly. Yep. So the best way to do that this year, if you are, in fact, level 110, is to go into the Everbloom dungeon, which, of course, is from Wad. Uh Uh-huh. And you go in, and as we all remember, there's like a billion flower dudes and guys and men, flower men and dudes (laughs) and boys, flower boys. Um, <laughs> you just pull them all and you can get like 40 to 60 tops in the first like you, it's hard to explain but you know what I'm talking about if you've done the Everbloom like you sure. go in you go to the left and then don't do the boss and then go to the right just grab everything don't do any of the bosses and, and uh, then leave reset the dungeon and go back in that is the best way to get the lovely charms dropping for you so you can farm the love tokens to get the love boat, which is 270 love tokens. You just do that so you can keep farming and exactly. resetting. Exactly. Because once you grab a boss, you can't reset that day. So that's what I'm going to be doing for the next week. I hope if that if you're farming <laughs> as well, that uh, this, this kind of helped you out, this little tip. Little tip. Just a tip. Just a tip. Good job. Yeah. Um, so that's a nice th- one. I mean, just in terms of... If you want these tokens, that's yeah, a nice it's easy way. Just the easiest way. So Well, I mean I know what I'll be doing now now since I'm I'm all hooked on this love boat idea. It's really cool. Otherwise, um I downed Gul'dan this week on Congratulations. Normal. Thank you. Our guild did that uh the week before, of course, but I was sick, so that's that's Poor just great. That's just great. And I was messing around on the Overwatch PTR, but we'll get into that later. Um so one final note that's really, really important that I need to put out there and i've been putting it out there um we need in our raid group heels and a tank and we need them yesterday <laughs> yeah we've um we've been making great progression with pugs um we could certainly do a lot better with a solid um reliable team so if you are looking to raid so, normally yeah we- if if sorry if you are um a pally healer or a druid tank we need you yeah um we're horde We've got a uh, normal Nighthold on farm, and we're just getting into heroic uh, Nighthold now. We raid twice weekly, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Central Time till 11.30 p.m. Central Time. And we're super serial about raiding, but not serious about anything else. So expect dick jokes abounds. Yeah. And we use cursed voice. So if you think that would be a good fit for you, please contact us anywhere. Um, but we need you. At Lagging Balls on Twitter, laggingballs at gmail.com. Yeah. Via email. We need you. Yeah, we do. And you can raid with us and meet our friends and mess around with us for Way fun. six hours a week, every week. 
which we wouldn't do if it wasn't way fun. So totally, totally way fun. If so, you're interesting, let it interested. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're interesting, because then we're, you know. Um. So Thorne, what have you been up to this well, week? You know, like, I down Gul'dan for the second time this week. So Ooh. I'm sorry that you were not in on the first, but I'm glad you're better. Thank you. Because that was a hell of a sickness. Um, and I'm, I've just been working on on amping up my artifact power. I made the mistake of going into other um, specializations instead of sticking to my shadow specialization. So I was not pumping in extra um, artifact power into that final slot, which was just foolish on my part. <laughs> so I'm working on that. Um, I also am really close to finishing my placement matches for Heroes of the Storm Team League, which I'm really happy about because uh, I'd love to get my ranking for there and we're just having a good time with that so um that's mostly been it another pretty busy work week so yeah we had a lot of fun last night though yes just messing around with the guildies and curse voice um trying to play some overwatch but you know those nights when nothing is working <laughs> and you just cannot win <laughs> yeah it was like that yeah and we have a pretty wide range of mmrs yeah. in our in our group the guild group so it makes for some interesting matchups. The poor matchmaking system is working overtime and trying to match us up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so let's get into some World of Warcraft news before we get into the big interview. LB Newsline. News you can use unless you refuse. So we just want to do a, a really quick overview of Normal Nighthold because um, we, we kind of have it on farm now. Which is pretty cool to say only three weeks into yeah. uh, the new raid because we're making really great prog again with just with with just a few slots still on with pugs filling them, yeah. which can be iffy. Um, we're still really, really rocking and rolling through that. So really proud of our team. Shout out to Blood of the Scribe on Boulderfist US. You guys rock. Yeah. Um, uh, so what, do you want to just start with what your favorite boss fight is so far? Oh, my God. Um, probably Starogger, maybe. Although I also see it's hard because like there's so many great fights for there fire really damage, are. such as myself. Oh yeah, um, just because of the AOE damage that you can do. So I'm trying not to, because because of course that makes you feel good when you just light up everything and, yeah. you, and you get the big deeps. But um, you know, your own DPS uh, prowess does not a great fight make. So, uh, <laughs> but Star well is is just it's um it's it's got that element of if you don't do it right, it's not going to work out. Yeah. And I like a little bit of that. Not too much, because then that's frustrating. Um, but it's just enough where I can, like, trust other people to hopefully, you know, s- do the mechanics properly so that everything will work out. But not only is it, it's, like, an interesting fight. Um, each, uh, it's got three phases, and each one is is different, you know? Like, it's not, you know, oh, now I have to stand... On the left side, no, to stand on the right, you know, it's, it's, yeah. each phase is, is quite different. Um, and so it's, it's never boring. And how could it, how could it be? Because it's just so freaking beautiful yeah. in there. Um, and it was funny because the first time we did it, our raid lead said, okay, the, the camera's going to be messed up for like a minute and it's going to be really annoying, but um, it'll be fine. And everybody's like, okay. And then as soon as we started doing it, it was awful. Like the yeah. the cameras, like all squished up into the wall, and you can't see anything. But then, of course, spoilers: the uh, the room drops away, and you're in space, and it's just <laughs> it's so pretty. So I don't know. Alessandra was really hectic 
And Gul'dan, the fight is incredible, and it was so good to finally kill that jerk. Yeah. But yeah. After all that. Yeah. He's a slippery little sucker. So he is. And it was... I, I would almost say it was too easy, given what a what a pain in the butt he's been. Well, I'm, I'm sure it's much harder on Heroic, so... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite fight? My favorite fight, I would say, is Tychondrius. Mm. Um, we worked really hard to prog that, um, including... I'm not sure if we told this story in the show or not, but we had the one week where we, one of the DPS we pugged was a monk, a wind walking monk, the DPS monk. Mm. And instead of fighting anything, he just stood in the back of the room and healed himself over and over, which was kind of a strange thing to do as DPS. I don't really understand. I don't get it. I don't, uh, I don't know. It was a real person because they were talking, yep. but I just don't get, they said they admitted after the fight, they didn't know it. And then, um, we explained it to them and then they still just didn't get it and we did multiple pulls after that and we were finally just like, okay, yeah. this isn't working out. <laughs> we, but what a strange thing to we happen. We invited you under the uh, idea that you might help us fight the fight. Right, yeah. You do actually have to hit things yeah. to help DPS. See, that's why we're done with pugs. We need we need somebody to come and help yeah all the time and and honestly like that's not not even close to the worst story no. of how these things go but everybody who pugs knows that and that's fine we it's had part some of the pretty interesting pug encounters with nighthold in uh, only three weeks yeah and we, we, i don't think we mentioned but we downed three of the heroic bosses yeah in our in our first tries on the heroic versions this week as well so we we are moving along mm-hmm. but then we also had some really rude people who yeah. pugged in and were just like i th- i think it's I'm I'm not sure if we were as open with the fact that we were progging it. Oh, maybe. So I th- I don't know if people were coming in expecting a full clear. Or yeah. I don't know what they were expecting. I don't honestly. know what people expect in the third weekend. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe so. they're just much uh, more tryhard than we are. I'm not sure. But you know that all comes down to communication in this game. We're all well acquainted with that. But um, what I don't get is you know. If if you get in a group and it's not what you expect, there's not really any reason to be rude. You can no. just we. In fact, we had we had good examples too of people who were just like, "Well, sorry guys, I do have to get going, but thanks and good luck to you." And then they'd leave. Yeah, and that's a human normal thing. We mm-hmm. always talk about how it's important to remember that there are humans on the other end of those avatars, and the people who were rude about it were just completely disregarding that. Yeah, but it's it's just I don't know. I I, I wish that people would just realize that if you're not having a good time you can go you don't even have to say good luck you know just yep. just go just just go it's just, okay yeah you don't need to put in the extra effort to be rude <laughs> yeah you don't because we're never going to invite you back ever you're burning all these bridges with people and like yeah you'll never talk to them again but like you never know who's on the other end yeah so i don't know i just I just don't, I don't understand people who are rude. Okay? <laughs> well, the good news is we have guildmates and, and raid team members who are just, who have the best personality for dealing with this sort of thing. It's everything from, you know, well, honestly, it's, it's mostly just very humor based dealings with these people. So I, I do have to say the majority of our experiences with pugs have been good. It's only been a few outliers of people who have been rude or weird. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, that's just part of pugging. But it's also the frustrating thing when you're trying to prog as a team. Yeah. And we've had some some team member shakeups and things like that that have put us in the position to be pugging. So, you know, hence hence all the advertising for it. But anybody who, who pugs normally for your teams, you, you're well acquainted with the <laughs> variety of, yep. of personalities you get. Sometimes we keep people in who are actually doing lower DPS just because they're nice or fun yeah. or funny. 
I think we met we, some of our favorite people that way. <laughs> yeah, we highly we we value that really highly in our in our rating. We love progression, and we we do try very hard, you know. And and we're a good raid team. We we down yeah. bosses, and we're all very knowledgeable. But you know, we like to have a good time. I think above everything. So. I like to have fun. I like to have fun. So anyway, <laughs> this is turning into a weird discussion. <laughs> But um, no, not at all. I mean, look, Tychondrius is what what brought us to this discussion. The reason I was talking about Tychondrius is because it's my favorite fight. Now that 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 strange little Windwalker story aside, I love the mix of having to focus on the boss with a constant stream of ads and having to balance the DPS between getting those ads down in a timely fashion, getting back on the boss, going into the nightmare phase, and then having to deal the deal damage to those things, save cooldowns to try and get the orbs from the nightmare phase and come back out and focus down on the burn, burn phase. I just really like the mechanics of that fight. I like that you have to split the group. So, you know, if one group, if you get one of the debuffs, you have to run to the other side. I feel like there's a good amount of things to have to pay attention to in that fight mm-hmm. without it being over the top. Um, and I feel like it's it's a good amount of punishment for if you don't pay attention to those things or if you don't handle them correctly. So yeah. there's good. it requires good communication with the team. It requires solid DPS. It's definitely a DPS check with the enrage timer. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, we you know, we had some fun progging that. Yeah, we definitely did struggle on that one night. but uh, And I like that, though. But, I mean, we, we struggled against um, Spellblade Allurial as well, which we mentioned last week. And that was good. These, these, are, these are struggles that feel good. Yeah. Um, because when you down them, they just, they're, they're almost more satisfying that way. And then again, of course, special place in my heart for Triliax <laughs> and the cake fight. I mean, there's cake. There's cake. We love cake. Fun to cake. So I just love to see WoW keeping their sense of humor in all of this, you know? Hell yeah. That's Blizz for you. I love you, Blizz. <laughs> it's high noon. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. So the PTR is some really amazing new cool stuff. Very cool stuff. <laughs> amazing new cool stuff. Oh my god. From Overwatch. Coming soon to the PTR. What's, what's well, in the PTR? Currently on the PTR. So what's new? What's new? <laughs> well, server browsers are the big news. Yes. So people are creating their own servers. Um, they set all the rules, and that comes to that's everything from the amount of health that given heroes have, which heroes you can play. Some of them are banned altogether. Um, the speed that the heroes move at. We were we were in one the other night. Or last night, actually, with a Genji that was just like 200, 300% speed. I mean, it was it was like Sonic the Hedgehog running around <laughs> with double blades and, you know, ninja, yeah, bionic no ninja in action, uh, which was just nuts. So, um, you know, these it's just a test realm, obviously. So there's a lot of things that people are working out. But the cool thing was seeing the people running these private servers on. And the one that I was speaking about was basically defined as a boss server this was fun yes but weird and the idea is that there's basically one it's basically one v6 and the one who is on the boss hero has a set of rules that pump their health way up um pump their damage up um you know take their damage taken way down those sorts of things maybe increase speed all these things to make them boss level mechanics harder to kill that sort of thing and then six people versus that one person which is pretty cool. It's not fun being the boss. <laughs> That's what I learned. <laughs> and you can only choose from a few heroes. So I tried Diva. That wasn't fun. <laughs> I tried Symmetra. That wasn't fun. Oh, no. <laughs> and I tried Genji for some reason. And that wasn't fun either. 
Yeah, it's rough. Maybe this is a personal thing, like personal preference thing, but I don't know, man. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I was terrified to be picked as the boss. It didn't happen for me, thankfully. I just got to... I, honestly, it was just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. It was actually really fun to watch. And I can't wait to see what people come up with. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we saw some of that in the works because people had made these servers and then we'd be in the match and then they'd, they'd be typing in the... Because you can type in all chat to everybody just like in a normal match and just say, you know, we feel like... It feels like Reinhardt needs to be a little faster because, you know, on his own... He's just not moving fast enough, and it's just, you know, it feels like he, he could use a little speed buff. So the next round, they'd, they'd pump that up a little bit, try it out. You know, so there's testing involved in this, which is really cool. And when these go live, there are going to be some people who have sets of rules down that are way fun, and those servers are going to be in high demand. Yep. And I, I see those sets of rules being duplicated, and I, I see new nicknames for types of servers coming out, types of boss oh, fights, absolutely. and who knows what else people will come, out, come up with. Um, but... It's going to be really cool to see what people come up with and which which things that Blizzard sees working and pulls into the main game. Yeah, Ugh, I love this. It's I, really exciting. There's just there's so much possibility for Overwatch, especially because of how popular it is. Like, yeah. I, I almost put um, a speculation article into the news this week on the show about the possibility of a, an Overwatch television show. Whoa. Um, nobody said anything about TV, but um, I think. They said Jeff said or somebody said that they're looking for other ways to introduce Overwatch to other like different audiences and more people and stuff like that. And I don't know, like I don't like putting speculation pieces into the show because, eh, you know, eh. of yeah. course, of course, they're going to be doing something like you can't have such beautiful animation for the shorts and not think, what can I do with this? What could be? And Obviously, everybody wants a TV show or a movie or something. Oh, a cartoon? Yeah. Cartoon be... I think I think a cartoon would probably be the best world. That would be awesome. Like, um, like your 90s Batman or your 90s X-Men, something yes. like that. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. You know, I saw some really interesting conversation about whether bad heroes or the bad guys are actually bad guys like people like reaper and widow are they really bad are they evil or i mean they're all called heroes in the game right mm. i mean but that's just nomenclature for the game because you, you need one universal term but you know symmetra is a really good example is she really bad i mean she has a different idea about things and she goes about things with, with a different mindset does that make her bad it's not clear i guess we won't know until they make a television i know <laughs> so cool so what else is new on the PTR? Uh, Capture the Flag. Uh, they said it's their most popular brawl, uh, so they're going to make it into an ongoing game mode, and they're adding versions to Nepal, Lijong Tower, Ilios, and Oasis for a total of 12 max maps for custom games that you can choose from, which nice. is pretty sweet. That's funny, because like, they put up a whole video with Jeff in it uh, talking about how they didn't have any plans at all to make this an ongoing thing, but here it is. Yeah, apparently it's super popular, which is funny to me because I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like anything. Well, that's not true. It's probably because I'm not good at it. Yeah, probably. But uh, yeah, uh, it's really cool. I'm really glad that it's so, it's so popular and that they're bringing it in. There's also some hero changes. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go through all of them because most of them are kind of the same. Uh, one of the big ones is for Mercy. She's going to get some temporary invulnerability during her res. Oh, thank you. So as <sighs> she's resing... You know how when you get rezzed by her, you're temporarily invulnerable for like a second or two? Yeah. As you're glowing yellow and coming back to life? 
she's going to get the same Good. just so that she's not a guaranteed it's, sacrifice. It's, it's usually a sacrifice. Yeah, it's yeah. like a suicide mission. It's like, okay, I've got to position myself where most of the dead people are, which is surprisingly where all of the enemies are. Right. <laughs> go figure. I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction that this is OP and that this will not last. All right. Because uh, I think getting a full team res off or a, a clutch res on a point or something like that, I feel like the balance of her dying and not being available to heal her team after that res is probably more balanced than it will be for her to have greater survivability in that situation. Yeah. Just a guess, but that's we'll see what happens of it. We'll see how it plays out. And then for her, they're they're adjusting the targeting sensitivity for her Caduceus staff. Caduceus staff? I don't know how to pronounce that. Caduceus? Her her staff that does the, <laughs> the healing or the damage boost. They're adjusting the targeting sensitivity for that as well as a ton of other heroes. People like Zarya who who um target people for, you know, the bubbles um, for Zenyatta and his uh, orbs. I mean, they're adjusting the targeting sensitivity or, or adding the ability to adjust the targeting sensitivity uh, to all of these. So I don't know what that means exactly yet, but I do know that it is, it's an imperfect science as it is to target the right people for these things sometimes. So yeah. we'll see how that plays out. Sounds good to me. And then one final change is for the map in Eichenwald. So you know that, that nice choke point, the bridge. Oh Yeah. Right after that, when you do get the payload to the point right after the bridge, and it breaks through that gate, yeah, and then the payload moves through, yeah, then that gate closes behind it, yeah, that gives an inordinate advantage to the defense at that point. So they are changing that so that once you break through that gate, it does not close. Whoa! There will be rubble that will that will um, remain from the broken gate uh, to partially block it, but you will wow. have that as an entrance That's point instead. That's a big change. Yeah, yeah. They just felt like it was too too much in the defense's favor because you had to go down one of those two hallways or up through the, the hole in the top. So That's really cool. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. They've been really just... The PTR is just a great place to be right now. Such um, a playground. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't have it... Um, consider it it's it's fun just to play these these custom servers so suck it out or else you're here just in time point me to the stage heroes of the storm news ask me no question i tell you no lie <laughs> And now our interview with mudslide team captain of the up and coming gangar game pro team and a big welcome to our guest today, who is Mudslide from uh, Competitive Heroes of the Storm Gaming. Welcome, Mud. Hi, how's it going? Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show today, and thanks for letting us sit in on your scrims, your professional competitive scrims. That's a new experience for us. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Really exciting, by the way. <laughs> I'm glad you thought so. Totally. So why don't we start by, um, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? That's your first time on the show. So I am Christopher Mudslide Slaughter, um, otherwise known as Mud or Chris. I hate the name Christopher. I am a competitive Heroes of the Storm player. I started back in early alpha and I've been playing ever since. I am an original co-founder of Gale Force Esports and am kind of starting all over again. Um, I parted away back, back with them in August and the past two months or so I've been looking to play competitive Heroes again since the HEC Open Division is you know available and it's a way to climb into the pro scene as a more successful slash stable way to do so so yeah i've just been putting time into that and looking to grab my way back up once again that is awesome well we are happy to be a part of um, a little bit of behind the scenes behind the curtain on this you know that i played a little bit of semi-pro if you could even call yes. it that uh, you can't day 
<laughs> that you missed. <laughs> Welcome. Um, but nothing of the level that you've been on. And I'm glad you mentioned your background with Guild Force Esports so that people who are only semi-familiar with the scene will understand exactly, um, you know, w- at what level you're playing. So thanks for giving us a peek behind the curtain. We're glad you're here. Uh, we have a few questions for you, uh, both about the scrim that you let us sit in on and also about, you know, you as a, a leader of this team and what you're hoping to get out of it. And maybe we can even help you find some recruits. Sure. So, first of all, what do you look for in a good teammate? What does that person have to have? So, for each person, it'll vary, like, what they're looking for, what they really want in a teammate. But, um, personally, myself, I'm looking for someone that's willing to listen, learn, and be part of a team. There's a lot of people who essentially want to be the star and want to be the face and the voice, and they want to be everything. But that's not what a team is. A team's a group of people working towards the same goal trying to accomplish that goal. And if someone's down, you pick them up and you keep playing. And if someone's doing poorly, you fill in their, you know, their holes in their play that day. Or, you know, you just you work on being a, a group, a unit. So what I look for is people that are willing to listen, learn, take criticism as well as give it, and not get offended if, you know, you're called out on something. Everyone has bad days. Everyone has off days. Maybe even an off game where you feed 10 times in five minutes. You know, that happens. And... People need to realistically be patient and willing to learn, you know, and stay together and not be at each other's throats. Right. So even though you're essentially, you know, playing a video game, it's it's still real life. It's still real people behind the keyboard with with real time that they're they're spending on this. And it's like any sort of team sport that you might play in real life. Everybody has to be on and everybody has to be supportive. So it's, it's like everything else, basically. Exactly. It's just like a real sport. I mean, tensions do rise and people get upset, but in the end, you're a team and you have to work together. Cool. Well, toward that end, you know, being a team requires a leader. And in your... Uh, why, don't, why don't we take a step back here? Your current team is what? Gengar Gang is what the name we're going with currently. Gengar Gang. Correct. What is that a reference to? Pokemon. Duh. Also, Excellent. more of a reference to a former amateur team named Squirtle Squad. One of my best friends from Heroes of Storm, Daihu, was on that team, and he's helped me a lot the past few months trying to... I took a long break from competitive, so he's helped me kind of get back up to where I was, and it's kind of a homage to him, also just being nerds and thinking it's funny, so... That's awesome. It's a great name, and a great reason. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of leading this new team, what what are your roles so far in this process so my rules are pretty simple step rule one is be on time preferably 10 to 15 minutes in advance so we can talk and know what we're going to do for the rest of the day whether it's hey we have scrims booked from this time to this time which we do have a schedule that people can go and look at so it's just more or less repeating the information so everyone is completely aware in the moment of what we're doing um where our breaks are going to be if we're doing team league or not after between scrim blocks maybe you have a half an hour for it between the scrim block so you want to do some team league so you're still playing keeping warm it's like, hey, we have 20 minutes here. Go make food. Um, so one is be on time. Two is, I hope I can curse, don't be an asshole. <laughs> don't be an asshole is the biggest thing. Um, I don't like attitudes. I know that I can be very rude and blunt with things I like to say and the way I like to perceive things in myself. But don't be an asshole, realistically. like That's, that's my golden rule. You can't be rude and go anywhere because if you just argue in games after games 
if you just carry yourself in a bad way, you're not going to ever improve. I mean, it's just the truth. That's right. That's actually more or less our motto in our World of Warcraft guild. Don't be a dick. And it's worked for like how many years now? And like, like eight years now. Yeah, it's a good rule. Yeah, that's what I do in my guild, too. Um, I also raid lead for my guild, too. I do. I, I wear a lot of hats. I've always been a leader personality. And only the past six years of my life have I really realized I'm a leader. And the, my group of friends, I'm always the person in charge, the one that's deciding what we're doing. Even if I don't want to be, no one else wants to decide what to do, so I decide. I mean, it's just how things have always been. I'm just <laughs> naturally a leader personality. I don't like being a B-type personality. I have to be the A-type. In fact, you told us we were doing this podcast today. <laughs> I did. I was like, look, Thorne, we're getting on. You were going to interview me. It's going to be great. <laughs> to get you all the viewers. And I was like, okay. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> and this was like, it's okay. Shh. Shh. Everything's all right. <laughs> so since you're such a leader, in uh-huh. a Heroes of the Storm situation, that would usually mean that you would be the shot caller. Have you been the shot Correct. caller before? Do you enjoy shot calling? So... Long story short, yes, I do enjoy it, and I have done it before. My very first team was a team that eventually got signed to Believe the Hype, which was a very small organization. Back then, I was not even rank one, because I was, like, preseason back, like, in beta. There was no, you know, Diamond and Master and Grandmaster. There's just rank 50 to rank one. I was rank 20. Um, but I kept up with all the rank one players. I just didn't shot call, and I feel like I knew the game well enough. Even though I did... And I just didn't give myself another credit. Everyone's like, oh, you can shot call. You can do it. You know the game well enough. You're always making the right suggestions. I didn't want to do it. And then we got picked up by Vex Gaming. I started trying to shot call because I moved off the warrior role into like a melee slash range damage dealer. And felt like I could maybe call a little more and stop just trying to force on the force fights. So I could maybe like objective call while the warrior forces the fights. And um, that didn't last too long. I realized that. Warriors are really great shot callers. Damage dealers can do it, but I really like being a warrior and shot calling because you kind of have, you control the pace of the game. You pick when you're fighting, when you're engaging. So yeah, I took a line. I, you know, I went on to make Gale Force with the owner Ryan and my team at the time was named Almost Monkeys. We got signed by Ryan <laughs> to a contract for uh, you know month to month, and we're paid very well to play the game. And I was like toe shot caller and trying to help decision making, but the past six months, I've been playing with friends and playing team with friends with map with friends. We'd always want some kind of direction. So I'd be the one speaking up because I have no game knowledge. A lot of my friends aren't the best at this game. So they want someone to communicate that knows what they're doing. And that was me. So I kind of realized that I needed to be the one in charge. I want to be successful. I didn't want to put my success in someone else's hands. I wanted to take full control of it. And I feel like if people will just trust me and give me the benefit of the doubt, it will work out. Interesting. So, if you were looking for somebody to be a shot caller, um, what what would you look for in that role? Like, would would that person have to have like special qualities? Like, would they have to be a leader, or would they just have to like naturally be able to see the entire game and, and not just what they're doing in it? You need to be able to see the game. You need to be able to keep keep times on timers for your alts, enemy alts. You know, keep track of cooldowns for your enemies. Like, if Tyrael throws his Q and pops Holy Ground at level 16, you have 8 to 12 seconds to fight. You need to know that and be like, okay, we can fight now. Like, we have time. Go. Like, he can't block us out. Things like that. You have to know those kind of things. You have to be willing to call timers. You have to make the, you know, decisions on if you're going to boss or mercs or you're going to the map objective or you're pushing which lane and when. You have to be the one making every single decision. You have to be decisive. 
that's one of the biggest things. You don't have to necessarily be a leader because not always is it the shot caller is also the team captain, but you have to be decisive and trust in your gut and go with it. A shot caller should never have to think ahead and decide on his moves. He should just know them as they come. And the second you know that it's happening and you can make that move, you call it and you go with it. You just go with your gut every single time. Cool. Nice. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. From my limited time in playing semi-pro, pro. <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually know what makes for a semi-pro player or a semi-pro team. <laughs> um, so I, I call it that kind of jokingly. But during our time of of the seems legit team play, it was very important for us to have a strong shot caller. And in terms of the shot caller's knowledge, it, exactly as you said, it seemed it, it, without question this had to be the person who knew timers on the maps that new timers on the and on cooldowns for both your team and guessing at the um enemy teams or tabbing to look at it once that was a thing they also kind of had to have that kind of awareness that we saw uh you displaying in some of your scrims earlier when you know the enemy team is not visible on the map what they're very likely doing and where they where they very likely are something i was going to ask you is what did you guys think of my shot calling getting to listen to it and see it firsthand actually i thought you were doing really well i was even trying to listen to you and I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, we have a, a good dual perspective here because we have someone like me who's played the game a bunch, um, but is not anywhere near really up on it as well as I'd like to be in the current things like meta and the comp scene. And then Fist, who did start in beta, but hasn't played very much. So we've got a very good array of perspectives on this. And, you know, from my perspective, I felt like the confidence was absolutely there. I mean, I, if you really want to be critiqued on the show here, if I felt like the confidence was absolutely there, your game knowledge was clear. You you knew again. I was I was just talking about how you knew where the enemy team was a lot of the time, and from our observation side, I could hear you saying things, and I could look on the map and see. I I could con- visually confirm that exactly where you thought they were was exactly where they were. Now, not a hundred percent of the time, but most of the time, more often than not, uh, in a big way, which is just. Some of those things are obvious because, you know, there's it makes sense that the thing you're doing in between this and that is this other thing. Um, but other other times it's not. Other times you have to guess at where they are, what they're doing. And what I also liked was some of your teammates could tell really knew what they were doing. And others were uh, actually you had you ended up in a couple of matches where some of your teammates were not on roles they were normally playing. Um, so you were actually directing their positioning as well, um, which was, you know, that's the sort of thing where. As they play that role more, they're going to be doing that less or, or need that kind of direction less, which means that you, your attention will not be split between positioning of the team and you'll be able to monitor you know, any any viewing that you can see of the enemy team approaching your position when you're trying to sneak their boss or something like that or one of their camps. Yeah, um, I don't like microing players. I don't like having to communicate, hey, use your alt here. But sometimes right. it's needed. Sometimes you, you see the way it should go. And you want to have full control of that. And as long as your team's willing to trust you and hit the button when you say hit the button, that's that's fine. Sometimes, you know, especially as a newer team, you don't see eye to eye on every single thing right away. You don't just think the same immediately. It takes time. So they're trusting you to make that decision on, hey, I should gust here. I should thunder here. Okay, I'm going to follow up with my damage here on your stun. And I'm going to trust you. And if you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. And eventually it becomes second nature. But they trust me enough to listen to what I'm saying and do it as I'm, as I'm saying to do it and it's working out 90% of the time it's awesome yeah yeah and we and we saw we saw a lot of that especially being you know a young team and especially being in the in 
in the spot where you, that you're in right now, which is that you're you're still filling the team. So let me touch on that for a moment. What is it that you're looking for? What's the last role you're looking to fill for the team right now? So either a warrior player. I'm filling warrior as of the current moment because I've played warrior on every other team I've been on. Or a range slash melee damage dealer, someone that's kind of willing to flex around a little bit. Uh, I'm willing to play Warrior. I'm willing to kind of relearn it and get back in touch with it. I think I did pretty decently today, um, but it's not like that every day. Sometimes I have hit or miss, you know, gameplay. Sometimes I don't. Today I was going on the ball and super tryharding, so I know I can do it. But if a Warrior player that came in that had played Warrior forever, I'd gladly let them play Warrior and I'd go to melee DPS and be perfectly fine. So either a melee DPS, range DPS kind of guy, or a Warrior player. Gotcha. So in, in terms of still seeking that position, how valuable is the practice right now without a full team? Still valuable because I'm able to work my shot calling heavily. And all the players we're playing with, because four of the members are locked in, whoever we're bringing in in that fifth slot, we've already played with before. And it's more like second round, making sure that that's who we really want. We're not going to rush to make our decision. The next kind of smallest tournament for the ACC the following week is Monday or Tuesday. So we have a few. We have the weekend to kind of finalize a member and then move forward. So right now it's second round with the people we like, making sure that you know it wasn't. Oh, I had a good day and that was it, or sure. I have, you're not having a bad day now. It's not. It's, it's a consistent level of play. It's the same mentality, the same attitude. You're not. You're not tilting over losses. You're not getting upset. You're not getting angry. You're being the same person consistently for you know four to six hours, multiple days. So everyone that we're talking to and playing with are incredibly close to making the team is just trying to make sure that we have that final slot filled where we're comfortable enough to say we're top two in the amateur team or top three and we can make it into HGC. How many hours a week should you practice if you want to be in esports? Uh, I personally, between my own personal practice, like playing Hero League and scrims, I'm putting in 60 hours a week. <gasps> oh my god, wow. Good lord. So I'd at least say if you want to even try to play between scrims and your own personal play, especially if you like you're working part time, 30 hours minimum where you're just not going to make it. A lot of it's repetition and getting it down and making it muscle memory. So, Yeah, absolutely. That muscle memory is just, just key. Now, in terms of managing your team, we saw a little bit of this in scrims and we heard a little bit of it. But in terms of comms, what is your philosophy on maybe I'm dressing that up a little bit much <laughs> but what what do you have a formal approach to comms for your team are there best practices that you adhere to how does it uh, what's your approach to that so I want to make the final decision on everything we do I want to be the one making the final choice and the final call whether it's go here do this do that anyone is able to make suggestions and I encourage it um, because I can't see everything obviously I'm, I'm one person I'm gonna miss things here and there as much as I'm looking at the map, I'm still going to miss something. Maybe I just didn't see them go to a camp, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I really want people to communicate and call out where they think they are or make suggestions. But don't push me if I'm making a call. Don't interrupt me. Don't kind of try to take it over. If I make a call, listen to it, stick with it. We can discuss it after the game if you thought it was wrong. But in the game, my word is law. Um, that sounds kind of rude to say, but that's just how it has to be. Or You're going to go everywhere. It's not going to work. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. The next thing would be communicate your cooldowns. When you have your ultimate, don't make me hit tab and look at your talents and see when your ultimate's off cooldown. Tell me. Communicate it. 20 seconds, 10 seconds, 5 seconds. I have it now. I can do it. I'm looking to do it. You know, if you have Sunder, say I'm looking to Sunder or I'm looking to, you know, silence or heal it, whatever it might be, don't just do it. Let me know that it's coming. 
the other thing would be as a healer, as a support player, communicate who you're healing. When you have healing, when you don't have healing, if you have your CC, like as a Malfurion, do you have your root? Do you not? Can you heal if I look to engage here? Are we healthy enough? Do you have enough mana to keep us alive? Things like that. Those are the biggest things you really have to, you know, communicate. Do you have damage? Do you have healing? When you, why are you doing it? When are you doing it? How are you doing it? Who are you hitting? Those are the biggest things. And are those things that you find that other pro players just do naturally? Or are those things that you feel like you have to be trained into when you're building a team? Most players at a high level already kind of know to do this, unless they've never played on a team before. Most people know, hey, I'm playing Jaina. I have damage here. I don't have damage. We need to back away. My W's on like 14 second cooldown. Once I pop that, I have no damage. Like, be warned of that. Most people know that kind of stuff. But if you've never been on a team before, you're never trying to play competitive before, you don't know to do that. And if you're trying to learn to do that, play Hero League, play Quick Match. Talk to yourself. Say, oh, I have damage here. I'm going in. Just talk to yourself. It's a little weird, but it works. <laughs> well, great, because I do that to, to myself in the bathroom all the time. I bet you do. Thorne, you're doing great. <laughs> you're doing up. great today, yeah. That's, What's my cooldown on bladder control? <laughs> all right, steering away from <laughs> Here's a question. Is it better to be well-versed in a lot of heroes or in just a few? I think you need to know every single hero in the game, what they can do and what their abilities do, and if you can, their cooldowns. But for your personal play, if you can play three to four heroes at the highest level in your role, then you're fine, because most of the time you're not going to play more than three to four heroes per patch. That's usually what the meta consists of, because you have to give room for one to two to get banned, along with that we can pick one possibly, or maybe you need to be a little more flexible so my general rule of thumb is play five heroes in your role exceptionally well and have one or two that you're okay with and are decent enough with to play them if we really have to or the comp decides it so know all the heroes but be proficient in at least you know five yeah fair enough so um switching gears a little bit what do you think is the hardest part about being an up-and-coming team the doubt people put on you you know like i said i use i've come from a gale force esports Last August, I parted ways with them mutually, and we both kind of decided that it was time to do something without each other. I wasn't happy, they weren't happy. A lot of mixed thoughts and mixed feelings of where the company should go. And ever since then, people are like, oh, that's as far as you're going to get. That's the end of your career. You're never going to make a professional again. You know, even near the end of my career when I was just managing and working in the background, I still was being told, you're never going to work with another organization good enough again. You're not going to play ever again. Like, you're just not going to. So a lot of it's like the doubt and people, you know, shitting 24-7 saying you're never going to make it when you know that you're going to and you just have to put your, you know, foot down, you put your head down and work and grind. And that's the hardest thing is how much grind it really takes and how many hardships you have to go through and the sacrifice you have to make in your personal life if you really want to do this. And the constant harassment of, oh, you're terrible at this game. You're not going to make it. Really? Because we just beat a full team of Grandmaster players and not one of us is even your master tier. Really? <laughs> All right, one final question for you. Okay. Some of our listeners out there play this game. Some of them play it a lot. Some of them are quite good at this game. Some of them are just beginning. Let's, uh, let's appeal to the dream for a moment. You, sir, are living the dream. You are playing professionally and you're up and coming in the scene. You guys are a, a top eight team in... In NA, which is awesome. So, if you are looking to get involved in pro esports, what advice would you give to somebody trying to enter the scene? Don't give up. If there's something you really want to do, like I said, put your heart down and grind and really work for it. Don't accept no as an answer. Um, you know, there are eight teams in NA currently that are in the HGC, and I think those are the top eight teams. 
And when it comes to the Open League, which is the amateur you know, version of it that can get you into the actual HGC, we are top eight in that from most of the people I've talked to most of the team we played against. I think we can beat any team in there besides one or two. We need a little more practice. So being top eight in the Open League did not come overnight. And we don't have the placings to show it right this second because we haven't been able to do it with this current roster. There hasn't been one. And the one that was there on Monday, we had to skip due to people's work schedules slash getting things sorted out with IRL stuff so they could commit to this. It doesn't happen overnight, you know. When you're beating the teams that are the top one and two placements in scrims, then you know that you're there. And if you're beating the teams that are placing top eight and you're like, wow, we can do that, then that's when you get the right to call yourself top eight. And when all of the players that you talk to that are professionals or in the top amateur team teams call you top eight, you know you've accomplished it. And don't stop until you hear that. Don't stop until you know that you've done that and just work hard at it and don't take no for an answer at all. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us today, for letting us sit in on your screams and see how the professional guys do it um, and for taking the time uh, to talk with us today. Of course, anytime. Thank you very much. And is there anything that you would like to um, plug on your end? Do you want to say your Twitter? Do you want to talk about the, where people can find the team, where to, where to watch for you guys in the tournament next, all those sorts of things? So we're going to be making a team Twitter either at Gengar Gang or at Gengar Gang Hots. Gengar is in the Pokemon. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at Mudslide TV. Big shout out to my current teammates and also my fiance, who is our manager. She supports me 24-7 and encourages me to keep doing what I'm doing. And without her, I don't think I'd be doing this. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, ending things on such a sweet note. <laughs> I love it. I try, I try. You big softy, you. All right, go kill people. I will. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Honestly. We asked, you answered. Here's our question of the week. <laughs> All right, this week we asked you guys, what do you like to eat while you play Blizzard games? <laughs> And uh, let me tell you, you guys make me hungry. Yes. And feel special in my pants. That <laughs> could also be hunger. I'm not sure. Because I mean, your pants are pulled my, too far my up. Pants, and... Like they come up. Well, you know, if, <laughs> if you spend most of your life in sweatpants. <laughs> you know what? Let's just stay behind. Let's move on. The Let's curtain move on. Here. <laughs> um, Mama Natrix uh, at Mama Natrix 75 says. Best WoW snacks, Diet Dr. Pepper, Goldfish, and Cheez-Its Grooves. Ooh. I keep a damp paper towel to wipe my hands. Nice. Hashtag cheesy hands. Nice. Um, I also, I needed to ask this question because it, I find it almost impossible to eat and play at the same time. So having a damp paper towel handy is actually really smart. That's a, yeah, that's an interesting take on it. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned last week when we were prefacing this um, question that I put those kinds of snacks into a bowl and eat it with a spoon, <laughs> which is very strange and looks strange. And yeah, look I'll dumb. also do stuff with um, those types of snacks. If I ever have anything like that at work, I'll do the same. And people look at me strangely, just like you do this. <laughs> because I just don't want to have cheesy hands for my keyboard or mouse. I guess it makes sense. But I like that the damp paper towel thing. Yeah. Uh, Ardwick at Ardwick says, eat? Who the hell is time for that? Just one more pull. <laughs> See, that's where I'm coming from. It's like, I just, I can't. <laughs> Uh, Dawson Dairo at Volcris X01 says, my Blizz food has to be iced tea in a bowl of Tostitos or Fritos. Nice. Spanky Hunter, what up, man? Says, coffee is my drink. Food is anything that won't leave a residue on my hands or table. Anything with a fork or spoon only. That's a good rule. 
That's a good rule. Um, our friend and raid member, Platinum Monkey at Plat underscore Monkey says, The tears of my enemies. <laughs> mm, salty, delicious. <laughs> hear the lamentation of the women. <laughs> Alessandra at Dicemen says, I, Lately I've been fixing steak a lot or chili or stew since it's cold out and eat while on flight paths. That, can, wow. I just, can I just say? And Legion, taking there. flight paths so often... Because you can't fly yet. It's, it's a really nice break. Like, if you're someone like me who just cannot eat and play at the same time. It's just, it's nice to have a break sometimes, but not actually be out of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you don't have to AFK. You don't have to alt-tab. You can just go get from point A to point B at a leisurely pace. Pick up your delicious food. Put it in you. <laughs> So I like that. I like yeah. that answer. I like that too. Uh, next up is Spaz Wesson, who is also from Reigns of Azeroth. Indeed What's up, Spaz? Is. I love that name. I don't know what it is about it, but Spaz Wesson just, it rolls off the tongue. Spaz says, one, chips. Two, nachos. Three, potato gems covered in bacon and melted cheese. And three, Nutella with a spoon. Ooh. And we had to look up what potato gems mean. Yes. Apparently, a potato gem is a tater tot. That's just adorable. I know. Just, no. No matter how you say it, the tater tot is adorable. <laughs> and delicious. And delicious. But uh, it's funny that that sparked a whole conversation because we were like, oh, yeah, we, we call them tater tots. That's funny. Oh, you know what? Honestly, now that we think about it, tater tots is cute, too. Yeah. Those are both adorable names for adorable <laughs> potato names gems. For delicious, <laughs> delicious food. And Sirius at Super Sirius 13 says, tea or water as a drink. And as for snacks, I usually go for chippies or anything that isn't too messy. Chippies. Chippies. Also adorable. Some of these snacks are just cute. And in Wonderland at And the Gamer says, cheese and crackers, not too messy, and I only need one hand. Or mana, EU version of Soylent with a straw if I need both hands. Wow. Nice. Um, and Chris Hall at Tremont Rhino says, I usually eat things like leftovers in between matches or waiting to spawn forks and plates. No finger foods for me. I'm, th- I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, I am too. Good answers. It seems Good like our answers. listeners just aren't gross like I am. <laughs> so, uh, good, good. Well, when are you going to try the uh, the backwards hoodie? Um, I guess, I don't know. I have to make some popcorn and get back to you on that one. <laughs> okay. So, um, last week I promised that the battle station photos that you sent us last week would be up on the website. I have not done that yet. Um, I could, you know, tell you that I've been sick and blah, 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 but I'm not going to, but I'll just do it as soon as I can. And Thorne doesn't help, so, you know. Yeah, Thorne does nothing. So, basically he's not helping. His the fault. Helping things here. But we will try and get those up this week. Um, they are awesome photos. We definitely want to show them off. Definitely. So, the new question for this week uh, actually came from our friend Ro from the Realm Maintenance Podcast. Nice. And he asks, who would your WoW character hook up with during Love is in the Air? Good question. And his answer was Ro, as in Ro, his character, not Ro himself, would get the Eridar twins. <laughs> and uh, I love that he already thought about that. Yeah. Well, the question came from somewhere. <laughs> sure did. Way to go, Ro. Nice. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let us know. You can uh, tweet us and email us um, at laggingballs at laggingballs at gmail.com. And uh, maybe, maybe we'll learn something about each other. I don't know. Listener feedback time! Because the more you write, the less we have to. Thanks! Um, so we have a rather interesting email from our listener Thayer. Thayer! This week. Uh, last week I said that I've never done a pub crawl IRL or in WoW. 
Um, so he thought about it, and uh, he says that it would be a relatively easy thing to roleplay as a guild group um, and experience something very close to the real thing. Awesome. Yeah, so he's come up with how to do a pub crawl in World of Warcraft. Nice. Um, and it goes like this. He says, the main idea of the pub crawl is to start drinking in one pub until you've had enough of the pub and move on to the next pub, rinse, repeat, until you run out of pubs or money or consciousness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is is from the Alliance point of view, uh, I think. So he says, you could do... A uh, pub crawl that starts in the in Goldshire Inn and then uh, to the Factions Hub in Vale of the Four Winds to sit on the very large balcony looking out to the valley. Then on to the taverns of your faction's capital cities, perhaps starting at the less visited cities. The aim for is for the members joining in on this tour to turn up to the event with some age-appropriate drinks. Many, <laughs> many drinks at the ready. <laughs> this can be done as a raid group, and then the aim is to have a few drinks at each location and chat. This could include chatting about experiences of the area, example, the first time in an area as a noob getting ganked or lost, or how things were so much better or worse in vanilla, <laughs> or maybe how you liked a quest line or a raid in the zone then getting bored or quiet at a stop then organize the group to move to the next stop mage ports warlock summons uh or just flying to the next stop on the tour love it um all this whilst enjoying your favorite drink or two or three at each stop um so our guild kind of does this sometimes um we'll go to places and we'll just all hang out um and we'll talk in in voice comms and stuff like this uh, but i can I can honestly see us trying this. Like this is something. Yeah, really this sounds cool. fun. Absolutely, and it's it's an, uh, it's a great way. And I, I love when people come up with ways to appreciate the places that we don't often go and wow anymore, um, because every place in in World of Warcraft is beautiful and it deserves attention and um, admiration. So um, this is a really really great idea, and I can definitely see people actually drinking while they do this absolutely and being in comms with each other so. it sounds like something we need to organize for the listenership and for our friends and um hold a, at a date to be determined absolutely that would be so great um so Thayer um has laid out a plan for the alliance and the horde um the alliance go to the goldshire inn uh the shrine of the seven stars darnassus karanos stormwind and dalaran in Northrend. Um, and for the Horde, uh, Goldshire Inn, Shrine of Two Moons, Silver Moon, Thunder Bluff, Orgrimmar, and Dalaran. Nice. Yeah. So, Fair. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you for writing all that out. That sounds really fun and definitely something that's totally doable with a group of friends. So, Thayer, remind me. I want to put this together and I want you there, buddy. Yeah. So, uh, since you're the, the brainchild behind this, let's make it happen. Yeah. So thank you for that email. If you guys have anything at all that you'd like to say to us, you've got any ideas, um, opinions, uh, experiences, questions, anything at all, um, please feel free to email us at laggingballs at gmail.com. If we like it, we'll read it on air and then you'll be famous. Famous like John Stamos. (laughs) Famous. (laughs) Because that rhymes, right? Yes. No, it doesn't rhyme. Close. And thank you again to Mudslide for letting us sit in on your scrims and for letting us interview you and uh, allowing us to have a glimpse at the inside of esports. Yeah, just most excellent. I mean, that was way fun, super interesting. Totally. Just such a great perspective. And I think it will be fun for, uh, hopefully it was fun to listen to. So I had fun. As did I. One last stop. I'd like to thank 
our Patreons and um, give a special shout out to Chris, uh, who was our latest Patreon from Thanks, this past buddy. week. Uh, she was awesome enough to reach out on Twitter and uh, help sponsor the show in that way, which is just awesome. Again, above and beyond not expected so it's always a super cool thing um thanks guys um for those of you who don't want to put money in on the table which is totally understandable yeah um we could still use itunes reviews we could use your feedback on things yes um, both good and bad do send the bad our way we would like to know what you'd like to hear differently um what maybe your favorite parts are maybe maybe some segments that you're not as fond of and we'd love to hear that feedback yes please and if you don't want to do any of that your friendship is fine yay just be a friend yay Bye, Felicia. Hey, ballers. Send us your thoughts, comments, dick pics, whatever. We appreciate all content and feedback. Now stay tuned for some other stuff that's awesome. Lagging Ball's Team Finder service is there for lonely raid leaders looking for that special raid team to stand by them. If you're out there searching for that one raid leader to guide you, Take a moment to listen to these personals. Hi. My name is She Strike from Boulder Fist US. I recently lost my entire raid team to. to. Heroes of the Storm. I don't know if it was something I did, but I just need another team to fill the gaping void in my raid schedule. Hello there, my name is Randogam from Bloodscalp US. I'm really only interested in healers. I need some real good healers to round out my team. If you have that special healing touch, I would definitely like to feel it heal me. Heal me so good. So if you aren't afraid to heal me, and a whole lot of other people, let me know. My name is Bloody Brains, and I'm on Senjin US. I'm looking for a long-term commitment to raiding. So if you're only interested in pugging and chugging, don't bother contacting me. I'm looking for a team that would like to eventually move to my realm with me, maybe make some alts together, wear cute matching tabards together, that kind of thing. If you're looking for a raid leader who will raid with you now, till a million expansions from now, I'm your raid leader. Hey there, potential teammates. I'm Cryptzor from Draca US. Just wanted you to know that if you agree to be on my team, you'll be teaming up with the best there is. I know how to show a team a good time. I don't mind paying for repairs, I got that gold, baby. But when you're with me, everyone will be whispering you and asking how to get on our team because my ex-mog is so fly. If you deserve the best, you deserve me. Hello, my name is Shield Knight from Ice Crown US. I have very specific needs when it comes to my raid team. I expect total obedience from my members and I won't accept anything less. Anyone who can't comply with my wishes will be punished by me. Contact me if you feel you are able to keep your mouth shut at all times and follow orders to the letter lest you be punished. Lagging Ball's team finding service hopes you find the team of your dreams. Never stop reaching for that rainbow of teamwork. Thanks for listening, ballers. Here's where you can find and follow the show. Our website is laggingballs.com. Email us at laggingballs at gmail.com. 
Follow us on Twitter at Lagging Balls. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash laggingballs. Reblog our Tumblr at laggingballs.tumblr.com. For Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, and Google Plus, search Lagging, lagging balls. balls. Basically, just search Lagging Balls and you'll find us. But avoid image searches if you know what I mean. <laughs> Until next week, ballers, we love you inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs>